stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome to Administrative Static. I'm Mark Chenoweth here with John Vecchioni. And on this episode of Administrative Static, we're going to begin with a discussion of a student loan lawsuit that NCLA uh, has brought against the government for uh, trying to unlawfully cancel student loan debt. And then we'll be talking about uh, John's uh, cert petition at the Supreme Court in the Relentless case uh, that where some interesting goings on have happened. So we'll get to that in the next segment. But for now, we are joined uh, uh, by our colleagues, uh, Russ Ryan, Senior Litigation Counsel here uh, at NCLA, and Shang Lee, a Litigation Counsel uh, at uh, NCLA. And Shang, you uh, filed a new lawsuit or a uh, 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 in uh, the Eastern District of Michigan this week uh, on behalf of the Mackinac Center and the Cato Institute against Miguel Cardona, the Secretary of Education and the Department of Education. What... Um, what is the thrust of this lawsuit? Hi, Mark, and thanks for having me. Uh, so this is a lawsuit uh, challenging the Department of Education's authority to just unilaterally cancel student loans. Uh, and maybe listeners think, hey, is this deja vu? Didn't we just go through this with the Supreme Court uh, a few months ago? Uh, and that's right. The Supreme Court did strike down one of the Biden administration's uh, very hundreds of billions of dollars worth of student loan cancellation. Uh, but that didn't stop the department. It, it just went around the court's decision and is uh, initiating a number of uh, student loan cancellation programs uh, using, you know, other statutory authority or or uh, in, in different ways that are sensibly the same. And, and the one that we're focusing on is something called, uh, innocuously called, the one-time adjustment. Uh, but then you might ask, well, what is this adjustment? And, and does it really only happen one time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's actually funny. Yeah, yeah. So what is this adjustment? Um, so there are, to go back a little bit, there's these, uh, Congress actually provides for uh, legal student loan cancellation under a number of programs, one of which is the public service loan forgiveness program, where if you work for a public service organization like NCLA or a nonprofit and uh, for 10 years, and every month during those 10 years, you're making monthly payments. Uh, you get your loans forgiven at the end of the period. So that's 120 monthly payments over 10 years. Uh, and what the department has said, well, we see some people have have sought and obtained long-term forgiveness, uh, sorry, forbearance, which means a period of time when you don't have to pay your loans, uh, and uh, uh, sometimes for more than three years. Uh, and obviously, if you're not paying your loans, you're not making any monthly payments. So you're not earning anything towards that 120-month period. And what the department has decided is we're going to go back in time and count all those periods of non-payment as qualifying payments that allow you to earn forgiveness towards this 120-month period. And there's a couple of other So, so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight before we get too far in the weeds here. Let me get this straight. So yeah. the Department of Education has said with respect to certain student loan programs, if you were in a period of forbearance, meaning that you temporarily did not have to make payments uh, on those student loans, that it is going to count the non-payments made during those periods of forbearance 
as payments. So the That's government right. is saying non-payments are payments. That is about as uh, governmental newspeak as, as you can get to call non-payments payments. Yeah, and that, that's completely right. And the department, you know, it's supposed to, you know, for these programs, like at least in the in the program that the, the Supreme Court uh, reviewed, there was a uh, federal register kind of publication about it. Uh, but for this adjustment, all all the government did was uh, put out a press release and said this has been done. Uh, <laughs> and so, so, so uh, the government's really position people- is. The Supreme Court said we can't cancel four hundred and fifty billion dollars in debt with a rule. So what if we try to cancel $450 billion in debt with a press release? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And, and the amount here is actually, we're not quite sure how much the amount is. The press release says there's at least 3.6 million borrowers uh, who, who did this forbearance and therefore getting, getting non-payment counted as payments. Uh, and, and for 800,000 of them, the government has said they're giving $39 billion. Uh, so if you extrapolate a little bit, uh, if it's 39 billion for 800,000, then for 3.6 million, it gets up to be about 170, 180 billion. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's quite a lot of money and kind of in the same ballpark as the $400 billion uh, program that the Supreme Court recently struck down. Right. So the government's position appears to be, okay, okay, Supreme Court, we understand that $430 billion without involving Congress is a major question. But 170 billion without involving Congress—that's you know—that's that's only half a major question. So that's that's not a problem. The, the other good thing that happened here was when the four, when the Supreme Court came out with that decision, the Ways and Means Committee in Congress, they, every, the Biden administration was taking credit for reducing the deficit enormously. <laughs> yeah, a, 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 relate, a related question, Shang. I'm sure. Uh, the department has an appropriation from Congress to give away all this money, right? No, I mean, not at all. Uh, I mean, well, that sounds like a constitutional appropriations clause problem. <laughs> yeah, I was being facetious. It certainly of course. is. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, Congress, Congress did, you know, authorize the cancellation of loans, but only for people who for 10 years were making monthly payments. If, the, if you made monthly payments for seven years and, and made no monthly payments for three years, you don't qualify. You, you know, you don't qualify under whatever Congress appropriated for the cancellation of loans. Yeah. So instead of uh, you, you mentioned that instead of promulgating the plan through notice and comment rulemaking or negotiated rulemaking under the APA, uh, that that the department just uh, issued issued a press release. What's what's their defense to this? Why are they saying that it's okay to just do this through a press release, or are they saying, oh well, maybe it's not okay to do it through a press release? But haha, you waited too long. Yeah, so, so here the, the decision in the district court is actually uh, based on standing. It held that we didn't have standing to challenge. And, and just to give a little background, our, our clients are not our public service nonprofits that benefit, right, like from this. So if they hire uh, a student borrower, uh, then if that, and, and they, then that student borrower has a strong incentive to work for uh, public service employers because they get this forgiveness if they do if they do make monthly payments for ten years. Yeah, now, it's sort of like an extra benefit. That, and I, I can speak as an employer at a you know at a public interest organization. It's essentially yeah. a benefit that I can offer for free to my employees with student loan debt. Hey, work for me for ten years, and the government will forgive whatever remaining student loans you have after making ten years of payments. Yeah, and the key here is that that you again you it only counts toward that ten year service requirement if you're making monthly payments 
towards it. Right, 120, now, 120 individual monthly payments. Right, so if I've been making monthly payments for seven years and non-payments for three years, uh, normally I would have to work for you for three more years to get my forgiveness. That's a huge incentive for me to stay at, stay at my job and benefit to the employer. Now, if suddenly those non-payments count as payments, I can leave tomorrow. There's no more incentive. And that's the injury to the employer that, that, that's the basis of a lawsuit. The district court disagreed, and we're appealing that decision based on standing to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, making the argument, hey, this is, like, this is like taking away a subsidy to the employer or, or shrinking the duration of the, of the subsidy or, or the incentive. Uh, either way, it, it, you know, it, hurts the, uh, it hurts the nonprofit employer. Here is uh, Cato and, and the Mackinac Center. Yeah, I, it, this just seems like lawless rule by executive decree to me, and and I don't. Uh, I mean, Shang Russ, I don't know well, how you guys look at this or the, John. Yeah, well, look, the thing about standing in all these cases is they have blatantly said that they were going to rely on nobody having standing to do this, and so <laughs> their whole pitch here is, yeah, we're going to do lawless stuff because no one can challenge it. And they've they they haven't been hiding the ball on this. They say this in statement open statements by the political uh, actors, which is really horrible. And and the court should be taking cognizance of that if it's a close question. You know. Yeah, I, I think this is constitutionally repugnant uh, behavior, and the, the the administration seems to, the theory seems to be the courts can't move fast enough to stop it, and no one has standing to oppose their will. And so they're just going to trample the Constitution and all the statutes that Congress has passed in this area. Uh, and no one's going to stop them because they damn well want to forgive the student loan debt. And it doesn't matter that Congress has never successfully passed an appropriation to you know, for, for $400 billion or $170 billion in this particular case. They're just going to do it anyway. And I think that sort of rewriting of statutes by the Department of Education, frankly, is disgraceful and it's despotic. Yeah, and it's Congress has considered these things before and specifically declined to do it. And so they just take out their administrative pen and fill in what Congress didn't do. It's just and, and really the, repugnant. The incentive here is vote buying, right? So they want to they want to buy the votes of the people whose loans are forgiven. And so they're using this is exactly why you have a Congress not to raid the Treasury. Right. That's the whole point of it. It's one of the main reasons. So it's really something. It, it is. And, you know, it, you might have thought that they were just doing this last fall to get through the midterms. But now it looks like they're you know, dragging it out to try to make it a, an election issue for 2024 as well. And frankly, I wish it were an election. I, look, if you want to cancel 400 billion in student loan debt, then go to make it an issue and say, look, all the Democrats in Congress are going to run on this issue of forgiving student loan debt of college educated people who voluntarily took on debt. And we're going to charge taxpayers over here who are blue collar workers and, you know, and didn't get a college education. We're going to charge them for it. And that's our campaign. And we're going to run on that. And then we're going to win on that or not. Uh, and, you know, and, and then like get Congress to do it. But that's not how they want to do this, is it, Shane? No, not at all. And and uh, just and this is not just the only this adjustment is one the tip of the iceberg of these, uh, you know, post Supreme Court uh, alternate ways of canceling debt. The, the department's actually engaged in a in a rulemaking effort right now 
to cancel even more debt. Yeah, and we'll have to come back and talk about that later because we're out of time. We're out of time for now. But this case is Mackinac Center for Public Policy and Cato Institute v. Miguel Cardona.